country back a weekly show featuring the best in traditional country music and where we let you hear for the artists still bringing us traditional country music i'm your host brian andrews buckle up because we'll be bringing you outlaw country classic country bluegrass and all the sounds of that traditional country sound so stay tuned to bringing country back and enjoy the experience and good afternoon folks we're back here for another two hours of great country music coming up. We've also got some uh, news coming up, which includes uh, a little bit of news on what's going on with the Ernest Tubb Record Shop down in Nashville, which, of course, had been sold and, and closed, and uh, it's been really a mystery for a while. Um, going to talk a little bit about String Bean, Dave Aikman from the Grand Ole Opry and his untimely death and the 70s, and other great, great things coming up as well. So we're going to kick it off with uh, the original, the originator of the Green Ole Opry, and that was Uncle Dave Macon with Keep My Skillet Good and Greasy. Mm-hmm. 
65 quarter bringing the good stuff down from Vandenberg County, Indiana. Oh, one, a two, a one, two, hell, I'm a riding. Shit. <laughs> a one, a two, a one, two, well, that cold chain habit's mighty bad. It's the worst old habit that I ever had. Hey, hey, honey, take a whiff on me. I'm pulling for my 
So there was where we listened to Uncle Dave Macon. Had a little technical difficulty. Didn't kick off when it should have in the beginning of the set. Um, Uncle Dave Macon was uh, also known as the Dixie Dewdrop. He was an old-time banjo player. He was a singer, songwriter, and comedian. which in, And really became... Uh, Regionally famous as a vaudevillian uh, performer in the early 20s. And then uh, became the first star of the Grand Ole Opry in uh, the latter half of uh, the decade. And uh, his music is, is really considered to be the ultimate bridge between the 19th century um, American folk and vaudeville music. And uh, the phonograph and radio based music that, that popped up in the early 20th century. And... Uh, Music historian uh, Charles Wolfe once wrote that if people call yodeling Jimmy Rogers the father of country music, then Uncle Dave must certainly be the grandfather of country music. Um, Dave Macon had a, a very polished stage presence and a very lively personality, and uh, he had a, a long, enduring career because of that. And uh, But we started out the set with... Uh, the Memphis Jug Band with a song called Cocaine Habit Blues. And we followed that up with a modern version of uh, that song called Cocaine Habit done by uh, Old Crow Medicine Show. But uh, the Memphis Jug Band was uh, also a, a musical group active in the mid-20s, uh, way up until the, the 50s. And um, they had a, a unique sound because, as you heard, their, their music consisted of harmonica, kazoo, fiddle, mandolin, or a banjolin. Um, and it was backed by guitar, uh, sometimes piano, washboard, washboard bass, and a jug. And um, they, they played slow blues, some pop songs, or what would be considered pop back in, in that um, time period. They also did comedic or humorous songs and upbeat dance numbers that um, had, you know, the flavor of jazz and string band music. And they made their first commercial recordings in Memphis, Tennessee, and recorded more sides than any other pre-war jug band. And uh, they were a group of African-American 
musicians who uh, were led by harmonica player Will Shade. And the personnel of the rest of the band could vary from day to day, um, depending on where Shade was booking gigs and arranging recording sessions. He'd, he'd pick up musicians to, to help fill in. They also were known by a number of different names um, under different record labels. So Memphis Jug Band is, is what they were known uh, best as, and, and that was the name when they recorded Cocaine Habit Blues. But they also uh, were known as the Piccaninny Jug Band, the Memphis Sanctified Singers, the Carolina Peanut Boys, the Dallas Jug Band, the Memphis Sheiks, and the Jolly Jug Band. So... Um, they, they stuck mostly to country blues, um, but, you know, depending on the members who, who joined them along the way, the, their sound could change up a little bit. And um, there's a, a musical a blues scholar, Paul Oliver, who noted that the uh, raspy buzzing sound of some of the jug band instruments were close to the, the musical aesthetic of Africa. And the jug and kazoo represented the voice of animals and ancestral spirits. Um, so, a little, little bit of background there in the Memphis Jug Band. Of course, Old Crow Medicine Show, been around since the early 2000s. They were uh, kind of discovered, or I, I should say, uh, yeah, I guess I'd call it discovered, by Doc Watson of Bluegrass fame. And the original members of... Old Crow Medicine Show were uh, Critter Fuqua and, and uh, Catch Secor. And uh, they they have a very old style of playing as well. Sounds very similar. So it's it's no um, surprise that they, they did a remake of Cocaine Habit. Made it sound a little, little more uh, modern, if you will. And uh, Uncle Dave Macon... We heard him doing uh, "Keep My Skill Up Good and Greasy," and and again, there there are kind of modern day bands who stick to that t tradition. And the one that comes to mind when when I think of Uncle Dave Macon is uh, Leroy Troy and the Tennessee Mafia, Mafia Drug <laughs> Jug Band, not Drug Band, Jug Band. Um, Leroy Troy is a clawhammer banjo player, much like uh, Uncle Dave Macon was. And he's done remakes of that song, Keep My Skillet Good and Greasy, as well as a lot of other old-style um, songs that came from that time period. Uh, you know, they're very dedicated to keeping, keeping that sound alive uh, in modern times. So uh, kick it off with some, some uh, songs from way deep in the catalog and a little bit of history to, to get things going here on this Wednesday afternoon. This is Kevin Cahill from the Sunday Sounds of Ireland show, which you can listen to every Sunday on WTBR 89.7 at 10 a.m. You will hear the jigs, you will hear the reels, the fiddles, the bowrons, and the bagpipes, Patty Riley, the Wolf Tones, the Chieftains, and even some cranberries. So listen to the Sunday Sounds of Ireland every Sunday at 10 a.m. here at WTBR 89.7. Underwriters are so important for keeping this station alive. Hi, this is Sean Sayer, Executive Director of PCTV. I'd like to thank our local businesses for supporting Pittsfield Community Radio and for believing in the mission of the station. When you hear underwriting messages on the air, you know those companies support WTBR-FM. If you're listening now and your business would like to join in and support us, call me today. 
at 445-4234 and get involved or visit us at WTBRFM.com. It will make all the difference. Berkshire streets are for all. People who ride bikes should be visible and predictable. Riding with the traffic, obeying the rules of the road, and using caution at intersections. People who are driving should be alert to the presence of cyclists, giving them room when they pass them, and knowing there are times they may be riding in the flow of the traffic. Berkshire streets are for all. Brought to you by the Berkshire Bike Path Council, Mass Bikes, the City of Pittsfield, and Berkshire Regional Planning Commission. Hi, this is Officer Darren Derby with the Pittsfield Police Department. We all have busy lives and we're in a hurry to get where we need to go. While driving, people are eating, drinking, talking, putting on makeup, doing their hair, checking social media, texting each other, all while the dog sits on their lap. The result is running red lights, stop signs, speeding, and finally crashing. Distracted driving is illegal. You can be ticketed or criminally charged. Please share the road and pay attention. Let's make sure everyone gets where they're going safely. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. And you are listening to WTBR-FM, and you're tuned in to Bringing Country Back. And I'm your host, Brian Andrews. And uh, for this next set, I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about Stringbean Dave Aikman. Um, he, he was an important member of country music history, especially the Grand Ole Opry. He um, was born on the 4th of July back in 1916 in the hills of Kentucky. And uh, he, he learned to play banjo as well as a teenager and uh, became a, a young member of Bill Monroe's uh, Bluegrass Band in 1943. And uh, he impressed Bill Monroe with his baseball skills as much as his banjo. And... Uh, that's because Monroe's band members were required to play hardball uh, as his bluegrass boys drummed up interest on their, their tour when they were playing games against locals and uh, playing music. And uh, Stringbean Aikman was a, a real charismatic uh, person who, who was uh, really liked by a, a lot of people in, in country music. He was uh, very pleasant. He had a gangly and peculiar physical uh, stature, and um, he he sang some unique songs, such as "I'm the Man That Rode the Mule Around the World," "How Many Biscuits Can You Eat," and he he did this while he wore very baggy shirts tucked into tiny pants that were belted just above his knees. Um, and the, that first pair of pants he ever got that were uh, unique like that were given to him by little Jimmy Dickens, of course, of, of Grand Ole Opry fame. And uh, he, he was a, a pretty simple guy. He, uh, he, he used apple vinegar as shaving lotion and rubbing alcohol as deodorant. Uh, I'm not sure how well that worked, worked out, but uh, that, that was, uh, he swore by it. And he borrowed a Jackie Gleason expression, how sweet it is. And um, used that often as a signature line. And uh, the interesting part was at that time, most of uh, String Beans fans didn't even know who Gleason was. But um, another unique thing about uh, String Bean Aikman was that he'd slaughter, smoke, and eat pigs, but he wouldn't touch anything from a cow. He was absolutely non-beef uh, and non-dairy. He made extra money hunting wild ginseng, 
up in the mountains and selling it to the Chinese. And uh, one one well-known fact about him is that he kept wads of $100 bills in his overall pocket. And um, he, he was known for flashing money, mostly to his friends. Um, but he was just so happy that he was making a living playing a banjo and that he got to live on a farm and, and really doing what he wanted and uh, not really necessarily struggling at it. And um, he... He really took to the banjo. He, he called that instrument the five, of course, named after uh, the five-string banjo. And um, he, he was very unique. Uh, one time uh, during a period when Opry performers were trying to get him to sign a petition about how the people on the Opry weren't getting paid enough, um, he was in the alley outside the Ryman. Uh, waiting for his wife Estelle to bring the Cadillac around, and they were trying to get him to sign the petition. And she drove up and popped the trunk, and he said, "Boys, all I can tell you is when I got here, I was walking." Then he got in the passenger side and went to Goodlettsville. So obviously he didn't he didn't sign that petition. He he was very satisfied with where he was um, in life. And uh, as I mentioned, his wife Estelle he he married uh, in 1945. And that was the year he left Bill Monroe's Bluegrass Band. And um, their best friends, String Bean's best friends, were uh, banjo player Grandpa Jones. And uh, Grandpa Jones' wife and fiddler and, of course, singer Ramona Jones. And um, Ramona once commented about what gentle people both Estelle and String Bean were. They were sweet, gentle people that loved nature, spent most of their um, free time on a creek. And they all bought a farm together in 1955. Um, they lived in a white house that was close to uh, Baker Road. And String Bean and Estelle lived in the, a small cabin just behind the house. And they said they should take that small one because they, they had children and they didn't. Meaning that Grandpa Jones had kids and they needed the bigger, bigger spot. So he, he was a, a generous person as well. And... Um, Grandpa Jones was once quoted as saying they were they were just about as happy a couple as he had ever seen. Um, I think they suited each other the best of any two people that I've ever seen. And uh, another close friend of the String Bean family was uh, Mac Wiseman. And uh, Mac Wiseman, at the ripe old age of 88, quoted um, that he'd sit and visit that little cabin like kin folks do. And uh, I remember sitting on the porch of their cabin, dangling my feet on the ground, and we'd ride in the car together. Traveling to appearances, he wore funny clothes on stage, but in a car he'd always be dressed nice, nicely with a sports coat and a pair of trousers. And I remember those nice trousers over them, long slithered le legs. He didn't pay for those nice clothes, though. String and Estelle would squirrel hunt, and they'd get so many squirrels that they, they'd get tired of eating them. Um... And apparently there was a time when Opry star George Morgan, um, he didn't hunt and he trade string bean clothes for squirrels. So string bean wouldn't, wouldn't buy those fine clothes. He'd just trade them for the, all the squirrels that he was, he was killing. So uh, why don't we take a little break from his history and, and listen to um, one of the, the songs that string bean did back in his day. And uh, it's from his Way Back in the Hills of Wool, Kentucky album. And it's something called Black-Eyed Susie. 
black eyed Susie lit up town, rope Bill and she's coming down. Black eyed Susie, black eyed Susie, black eyed Susie, black eyed Susie. Sitting in the corner looks so sweet, Pond Mar. Black eyed Susie, black eyed Susie, black eyed Susie, black eyed Susie. Rain, come on with me, sun, come dry me, stand back, pretty girl, don't come nigh me. Black eyed Susie. Black eyed Susie, black eyed Susie, black eyed Susie. We'll get married next Thanksgiving. I'll lay around while she makes a living. Black eyed Susie, black eyed Susie, black eyed Susie, black eyed Susie. Flapjacks, I'll make gravy and we'll have chicken someday, maybe. Black eyed Susie, black eyed Susie, black eyed Susie, black eyed Susie. And that was Dave Stringbean Aikman with a song that he, uh, that he wrote and uh, recorded called Black Eyed Susie. And if you go to uh, bluegrass festivals today, you'll, you'll hear that song played by some of the modern modern day artists of bluegrass and um you know i wanted to just bring his memory back and, and talk about the you know he he was a successful yet yet very grateful country music um singer songwriter who got his fame from the grand Ole opry and from uh, being on hee-haw shows with the likes of Grandpa Jones, and unfortunately, um, you know, it's it. In 1973, he was tragically murdered with his wife, and it was uh, on that date, November 10th, 1973, that Tex Ritter stood on the Ryman Auditorium stage and and had uh, brought David Stringbean Aikman to the Grand Ole Opry. And uh, Stringbean, like Grandpa Jones, since the Hee Haw shows, is playing a lot of colleges. Ritter said. He's playing all over the country, and he, and he doesn't work for his old price anymore. Give a hand to the string bean. And, uh, and they did, and the, and the scarecrow-looking banjo player shuffled his way into the, the view of the crowd. He told the joke about informing a curious ticket holder that he was part of the show, and the woman responding, Lord, help the other part. And uh, it was at that point he said, let's have a sing-along, and they did. And uh, he, he sang, when you live out in the country, everybody is your neighbor. On this one thing, you can rely. Um, in in you know, it hadn't been that way in Middle T- Tennessee for forty years. Uh, on the chilled morning of November eleventh, seventy three, Stringbean and his wife Estelle were found murdered on their Goodlessville property, and um, created a, a lot of emotions from people in Nashville and country music in general. 
everything from grieving to anger and, and paranoia and and country music was really that was an innocent era for for uh, country music and and it really marked the end of that innocence and uh, Steve Gibson whose father Kurt Gibson performed with string bean that final night at the Opry said it was a subculture where everyone dealt in handshakes promises and word-of-mouth with no fear of betrayal the best qualities of any small town really define Nashville as Music City, and with all the violent, brutal murders of Stringbean and Estelle, everyone had to rethink all that. We started to look over our shoulders and wondered what was happening. And uh, it was earlier that same year that Stringbean and his wife Estelle had tried unsuccessfully to convince the Gibson family to move to the farmhouse uh, next to Stringbean, uh, next to his cabin in Goodlessville, near Ridgetop. Uh, about 20 miles north of, of Nashville. And, and they told Gibson how safe and serene it was. And uh, Gibson was only 13 at the time, and they visited the place. Estelle told his mother we could leave a bucket of money on our front porch and be gone all tour, on tour all summer, come back, and it'd still be there. And she went on to tell his mother that we're so happy here, we want to live in this little cabin till the day we die. And uh, it was... You know, a very small cabin, but it was room enough for the Aikmans, who were comfortable in each other's presence, and, and they shared each other's enthusiasms for hunting, fishing, and just general country life. Interestingly enough, Stringbean never learned to drive, and Estelle Aikman uh, ferried him to all his tour dates. Drove him to the Opry and to a syndicated show, uh, Hee Haw, and, and uh, one extravagance each year, Stringbean would go out and buy a brand new Cadillac, always paying in cash. So there's something to be said said about that as well. So uh, let's listen to another Stringbean song here with uh, Strings Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. 
And that was Mountain Dew by String Bean, Dave Aikman. A song that, again, he wrote and uh, still still gets uh, covered to, to today. Um, but it was that night on November 11, 73, when String Bean's final Opry appearance, little do you know it would be his final Opry appearance, he sang Y'all Come and Hillbilly Fever. And uh, after he played his two songs, he and his wife Estelle and uh, the Grandpa Jones and his his uh, wife Ramona and their children, Mark and Alyssa, sat backstage at the Opry for a while and talked about uh, the upcoming week. And uh, String Bean and Grandpa were going to go to Virginia on a week-long hunting trip. So the two wives planned together for uh, dinner on Tuesday evening uh, due to String Bean's aversion to red meat. And it was so strong that he couldn't even stand the smell of it. So this was going to give a rare opportunity for Estelle to, to have a steak. And um, String Bean's second Opry slot, because if you're familiar with the Opry, you know that generally they come in for, for there's two shows on a Saturday night. And uh, he had a second Opry slot on that night at 10.18 p.m. And uh, while he was waiting to go on stage, he gave an interview to a freelance writer named Stacy Harris talking about the popularity of Hee Haw and about the origin of his nickname. And he said that Ace Martin up in Lexington, Kentucky, when I first started in radio, he couldn't remember my name. So he said, come here, String Bean, and play us a tune. And, th and that's the way it started. And um, Aikman and Kurt Gibson reappeared on the Ryman to perform, going to the Grand Ole Opry to make myself a name in hot corn, cold corn. And after walking off to applause, String Bean and Gibson rehearsed a song for next week's Opry. They uh, went backstage and sang one called Lord, I'm Coming Home. And that was the last song, unfortunately, that String Bean ever sang. And all it was was a rehearsal. And... Uh, the last lines of the song, Lord, I'm Coming Home, are coming home, coming home, never more to roam. Open wide thine arms of love, Lord, I'm coming home. And uh, after he finished rehearsing that song, he changed into his bib overalls, and uh, which, of course, he had an extra inside pocket where he was carrying $3,182 in cash. And then he took out... Uh, a baggy head, and he put his stage outfit in, which, of course, were those very short pants, and uh, including a, a 22 caliber pistol, which he was known to carry for protection. Then he got his wife, who herself was carrying 2150 in her bra, and they got into their new Cadillac and wound their way north to Goodlettsville, about 20, 20 miles uh, north of, of Nashville, and as they began their drive, Bobby Bear walked on the Ryman stage, and he was singing Detroit City, and and that 20-mile uh, ride took them about a half an hour. And it was when they turned into their winding driveway um, that Sam McGee was on the Opry stage singing Worry, Worry Blues. A lot of, a lot of ironic things happening here with the, the music in the Opry that night, and and in the coming minutes, Billy Grammer sang What a Friend, and Marty Robert Robbins sang I Walk Alone. And unfortunately, String Bean Aikman and his wife would die. Let's listen to another, another song uh, called Working on a Building.
singing Working on a Building, and uh, Working on a Building is a song that originated with uh, African-American spiritual and, and Southern gospel traditions, and uh, it had been kind of brought up through the ages, and nobody really knows the origins of it, or at least um, it's not documented, but it's been uh, recorded many, many times, uh, starting with the Carter family, who... Um, recorded that that version that type of version that that became the standard and it is still the standard today for a lot of bluegrass artists um right up until elvis presley recorded oak ridge boys seldom seen um del mccurry i don't think i've ever been to a del mccurry show where he he they don't play that usually and um so the song is is credited to somebody called lillian bowles and winifred hoyle um, although it consisted or it existed as a traditional folk song for uh, a very long time before that and was likely a, a Negro spiritual of indeterminate origin song, um, it did end up getting collected into a hymnal in 1929. And uh, people, people feel that it's described as having a calypso feel to it, leading to a lot of speculation that it originated in Florida or the Caribbean. But uh, back to the demise of Stringbean and his wife. It was uh, after they had left the Opry and, and they arrived at their home that their, their shiny new Cadillac lights shone on the porch of their cabin. And, and uh, Stringbean realized quickly that something was not right. Things did not look, look uh, the way they left them. So he, he removed the twenty two from his bag and... and told his wife to wait in the car. At least that's what they figure happened. And uh, he walked alone up to the door. And uh, 
in which 23-year-old cousins John Brown with a stocking over his head and Doug Brown wearing a Halloween mask were hiding. And uh, apparently at that point, String Bean opened the front door, and according to Doug Brown's court testimony, uh, String Bean hesitated for several minutes. And, uh, you know, they, they think that he was kind of taken in the scene trying to figure out what was going on as the, the two men had torn the cabin apart looking for money that they didn't find. Um, you know, the, the Aikmans carried most of their money with them. And so they figured, well, if it's not, not in the house, then it's probably on the, the two Aikmans. And, and they had heard the stories how String Bean would flash cash, and so they figured they'd wait for him to come home. And then uh, String Bean finally decided he was going to enter the, the cabin holding the gun out in front of him in his right hand, and, and uh, he quickly saw Doug Brown to his right and began firing shots. And uh, it's thought that had he not been holding the gun, that perhaps the two would not have killed him. Um, you know, they had a, a drug and drink, drink uh, addled plan that was for robbery, not murder. But they were both armed. They had found shotguns at the cabin, and John Brown was holding a pistol. And uh, that was the pistol that they used to kill String Bean. And uh, he fell near the fireplace in the cabin. Um, Estelle, who had started to move towards the house, uh, then uh, took off running towards Baker Station Road. And she was screaming for mercy, and she fell to her knees. And, of course, Grandpa Jones is believed to still be at the Opry with his family. And, unfortunately, John Brown shot her in the back of the head, and she lay crumpled in the grass. And uh, the two brothers quickly searched over the bodies and looked a little too quickly and didn't find the thousands of dollars that the Aikmans had hidden in their pockets and underwear. Uh, but they, they found uh, $250 of string bean left in his front overall pocket for, for run-of-the-mill uh, purchases. And they took the performer's bags, his wife's purse, some guns, and, and rode away in the station wagon that the Aikmans kept for non-business transportation. And it was the next morning, just before 7 a.m., that Grandpa Jones gathered, packed his hunting gear, and drove two miles to the Aikmans' cabin. And he crested the hill that, on a cold November morning, and he noticed there was no smoke coming from the chimney's cabin. And that was... While he was driving to the house, he saw Estelle Aikman's body next to a hickory tree. And uh, he, was, he was in profound shock at that point, and he walked towards the house. He saw a string bean, saw a banjo case on the front porch, knew something wasn't right, entered the cabin, and saw his body on the floor in front of the coal fireplace. Um, the Browns had, had cut the telephone wires, so Jones uh, had to rush back to his own house, told his wife what had happened, and called the police. And then the, the two of them returned to the crime scene. Ramona noticed that the white frost on Estelle Aikman's dark hair and noticed that String Bean's radio was on, tuned to WSM, and that the brown boys had listened to the Opry while they waited for the banjo man. And uh, Ramona Jones was once quoted that, for a year I could hardly talk about it. It was devastating, a sad time, a trying time. I don't think you ever get over something like that. Our lives were never the same after that. So, so a little bit of a sad ending to uh, to the Aikman family. Um, from that came a song that uh, Sam Bush was instrumental in writing, and and that was called "The Ballad of String Bean and Estelle." We're going to take a listen to that right now. 
top Tennessee in 1973. The Brown Boys killed String Bean and Estelle. The reason for it all is in the bib of his overalls. At least that's what the Brown Boys would tell. The thieves laid in wait for hours, but things didn't go their way. It was just a simple plan to rob a banjo man, but he wouldn't let go of his opry day. Strings overalls. 
here at the Bell to String Bean and Estelle following their their murder for a couple hundred dollars back in 1973 and um, that was written by Sam Bush, Guy Clark and Verlin Thompson and um, that cabin they lived in was was uh, really got a couple facelifts but it uh, was left as a hollowed place and is still recognizable and um, you know they they uh, a couple did buy it and they did live there trying to escape the crime in Nashville and um, on the mantle above the fireplace, they placed all the string beans memorabilia, including an album cover that features Aikman sitting in front of that fireplace. They uh, often explore Baker Station Cave, which is in their backyard, uh, where string bean Aikman used to hang hams in that cave. And uh, again, a whole lot of irony in this story. And, and here's one that uh, Brian and Tiffany Buchanan, who I'm talking about, that, that bought that house and lived there, that Brian Buchanan doesn't drive, and Tiffany takes him to work in Nashville, just like Stream Bean. And uh, it was uh, also ironic that Stream Bean had, had uh, recorded a string of uh, Hee Haw episodes. So long after his death, there were new episodes of Hee Haw being played with him uh, in them, even as the trial was going on of the, of the Browns. And... Uh, one of uh, String Bean's killers, Doug Brown, died in 2003. Well, he was serving life in prison. And uh, John Brown, who fired the pistol that killed String Bean in a struggle in Estelle Aikman, is now 63. That was a few years back. And uh, while the Tennessee Board of Probation and Parole had denied his request for release four times, and... Uh, because friends of Aikman would, from the Opry would appear at hearings to oppose his release. He finally was released on parole eight years ago in 2014. And uh, you heard in the song there uh, a reference to $20,000 being found when they tore the, the fireplace down. And, and it, it, there is a, a rumor back in 1990 that some news organizations reporting that $20,000 in severely deteriorated unusable cash was found behind a chimney brick in the Aikman's little cabin. But um, neighbors and, and true researchers are, are not believing that claim. And uh, because the police had, had really turned it into a, a big investigation headquarters and they searched every incident of place and they never, they never found any uh, cash there. So, and uh, by another crazy twist, it was, it was shortly after string beans uh murder that there was another murder that occurred um i believe right outside the the back door in the alley of the ryman and uh guitarist of of um hank snow was uh, he was robbed and beaten and shot to death in that alley and that was just a week after their murders and um, what, what really, again, becomes ironic about this is that uh, one of String Bean's musicians, Kurt Gibson, went to work for Hank Snow, replacing the guitarist who had been killed 
Jimmy Widener. And uh, so murder cost uh, Gibson one job and gained him another. And uh, But there was a time when Hank Snow and, and Gibson went to play at Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary. Um, that was after Johnny Cash's uh, Folsom Prison and San Quentin shows had been well received. And other stars were starting to do these prison shows. So they, they went to Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary. And lo and behold, that's where the Browns were kept. And um, the Brown boys were assigned to carry the sound equipment of Hank, Hank uh, Snow into the facility for the concert. And uh, when they found out who was carrying the equipment, Gibson said, I work for String Bean, and he and I were close friends. And he said, I want you to know that String Bean was a very forgiving man. If I could say anything to him, it would be that he'd want you to do something good to help others. But when Hank Snow found out that the Brown Boys were in the audience, he refused to go on with the show. So... Hopefully uh, you enjoyed. I know I was a little, a little long-winded there, more than normal, but um, just a, a story that always sticks with me in, in country music history. And uh, I think, as I told you from the day I started this, I think it's important to keep, keep the history alive and, and let people know what they, they may not know about country music. Hey, it's Sean from WTBRFM. Whether you just found this station for the first time or you've been listening for years, you might not know everything about WTBRFM. Want to find out more? It's easy. Just go to WTBRFM.com. You can find full programming schedules, listen to the station anywhere in the world, subscribe to our podcasts, and even learn to create a program of your own. And of course, donate to the station. That's WTBRFM.com. Check it out today. Hey friends, if you're looking for some party music, tune in to Polka Express with me, Bill Gustavus, every Wednesday night from 6 to 8 and Sunday mornings from 8 to 10, right here on 89.7 WTBR, Pittsfield, Massachusetts. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area, tonight, mostly cloudy. Lows in the upper 50s. Northwest wind around 5 miles per hour this evening, becoming light and variable. Thursday, mostly sunny. Highs in the lower 80s. West wind around 5 miles per hour. Thursday night, mostly cloudy with scattered showers in the evening, then partly cloudy after midnight. Lows in the mid 50s. Northwest wind around 5 miles per hour, becoming northeast after midnight. Chance of rain 30%. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. Support for WTBR comes from Berkshire Community College. BCC provides access to higher education to everyone in Berkshire County and beyond, offering more than 50 high-quality programs, small class sizes, and an affordable education to help their students of all ages achieve their dreams. At BCC, their middle name is Community. And from County Ambulance. Providing quality, professional, efficient medical care and medical transportation services to the citizens of Berkshire County. Online at countyamb.com. 89.7 WTRFM Pittsfield. Vessels send shockwaves around the world. Okay, all righty, let's play some tunes. 
what to do, the don't she go while the kitchen cousin chasing chicken until the break of dawn. Y'all come with one another just to do a little picking. Everybody now gather around. Campfire burning it tonight. My heart's yearning for the sound of the old campground. It's that high, lonesome sound when that. And that was Michael Cleveland and Flame Keeper. Who did that do, do uh, yeah, sure. Did that uh, song, High Lonesome Sound, with the Traveling McCurries. You heard that distinctive high tenor, Del McCurry. And, of course, Michael Cleveland, uh, 41-year-old uh, fiddler who was born blind and uh, due to an uh, ear infection at the time, Lost 80% of his hearing in, in one ear and uh, is a very, very talented uh, artist, fiddler, 
in the bluegrass uh, world. Has uh, won a number of uh, awards from the International Bluegrass Music Awards and also won a Grammy, and he's up for some uh, IBMAs this year. Before that, we heard from Adam Steffi with Let Me Fall. Adam Steffi, of course, um, great, great mandolin player. Played with um, Allison Krauss in Union Station. He's played with uh, Mountain Heart, Dan Tominski, and uh, his latest latest recordings have been uh, himself with a band that he has and presently uh, teaches his adjunct faculty, uh, teaches mandolin. And uh, we started out with Clarence Ashley with uh, another country music traditional song, or The Cuckoo Bird, which was uh, one of the most famous recordings of Clarence Ashley back in 1929. And... Uh, he learned how to play traditional Appalachian folk songs from his his uh, mothers and his mother and his aunts, and uh, his grandfather bought him a banjo when he was just eight years old. So, but I think it's time to uh, we're going to switch from from that bluegrass and mountain music and and old traditional uh, music and uh, switch it up here with a little Merle Haggard. dream of growing up to ride on a freight train leaving town not knowing where I'm bound and no one can change my mind but mama tried one and only rebel child from a family meek and mild my mama seemed to know what lay in store despite all my Sunday learning towards the bad I kept on turning Till mama couldn't hold me anymore I turned 21 in prison Doing life without parole No one could steer me right But mama tried, mama tried Mama tried to raise me better But her pleading I denied That leaves only me to blame Cause mama tried So left my mom a heavy load She tried so very hard to fill his shoes Working hours without rest Wanted me to have the best She tried to raise me right but I refused And I turned 21 in prison Doing life without parole No one could steer me right but mama tried Mama tried, mama tried to raise me better, but her pleading I denied. That leaves only me to blame, cause mama tried. A long time forgotten, our dreams have just fell by the way. And the good life he promised Ain't what she's living today 
But she never complains of the bad times or bad things he's done, Lord. She just talks about the good times they've had and all the good times to come. She's a good-hearted woman in love with a good time and man. She loves him in spite of his ways that she don't understand Through teardrops and laughter they'll pass through this world hand in hand A good-hearted woman loving her good time and man He likes the nightlife Bright lights and good time and friends When the party's all over she welcome him back home again Lord knows she don't understand him But she does the best that she can Cause she's a good-hearted woman She loves her good time and She's a good-hearted woman in love with a good-timing man And she loves him in spite of his wicked ways that she don't understand Through teardrops and laughter they'll pass through this world hand-in-hand hand. A good-hearted woman loving
you've got to kiss an angel good morning and let her know you think about her when you're gone kiss an angel good morning and love her like the devil when you get back home kiss an angel good morning and let her know you think about her when you're gone kiss an angel good morning Love her like the devil when you get back home. Charlie Pride there with Kiss an Angel. Good morning. For that, we heard Waylon Jennings, Good Hearted Woman. And we started out with Merle Haggard with Mama Tried. And you've been listening to Bringing Country Back. I'm your host, Brian Andrews, here every Wednesday from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. on. WTBR FM 89.7 Pittsfield Community Radio and you can listen to us streaming so if you're out on the road and don't have a signal from uh, our our studio you can stream us at WTBRFM.com or you can use the TuneIn app and uh, stream as well to your phone, your computer, your laptop, whatever it might be so you can take us on the road with you And if you miss any of uh, our our great episodes, you can uh, find them archived on the WTBRFM.com website under the podcast area. And you'll also find us under uh, most of the the major podcast engines, such as Google, Apple, Stitcher, so forth. So if you missed any of uh, our shows and want to listen to them, especially the ones with the great, great um, interviews that we've done, and please look them up. We appreciate it. And uh, next song we're here we're going to play is actually somebody that um, we have interviewed, and uh, that's Alex Miller. Alex Miller of American Idol fame, who is uh, hitting it hitting it big and hard right now. He's he's all over the countryside and uh, playing playing a lot of fairs and and other uh, venues, and uh, has a new album that's been out for uh, a month or so a couple months called miller time and um here's a here's one of his songs that's getting a lot of airplay and and uh, such right now and that's i'm over you so get over me
daddy couldn't fix If it wouldn't work He'd make the old look new again The house, the fence, the bike, the car The little girl tears from a broken heart Daddy set the bar real high Showed me what a real man looks like It's gonna take one to fill those shoes In his eyes nothing less will do He's gotta be a man of God Keep it tight when he ties that knot Lucky as a girl's ever gonna get To love a man that's half a man that my daddy the kind of guy that doesn't fish He better keep his word Ain't afraid to work and knows who he is Strong with his hands Gentle with his touch And no such thing as loving me too much Daddy set the bar real high Showed me what a real man looks like It's gonna take one to fill those shoes In his Nothing less will do He's gotta be a man of God Keep it tight when he ties that knot Lucky as a girl's ever gonna get To love a man that's half a man And my daddy That was Jennifer Hart with Half the Man. For that, we heard from Gabby Barrett, The Good Ones, from her Goldmine album. And, uh, of course, we started out with I'm Over You, So Get Over Me from Alex Miller. Make sure you go out and get his newest album, Miller Time. Or, you know, I guess in this this age, you just go online and you, you purchase it. But uh, take a listen, if you haven't already, to Alex, because he is uh, the latest and the greatest in my book. And you're listening to Bring the Country Back. And um, it's got about a little little bit over a half hour left of the show. And we've got the Polka Express coming in at uh, 6 o'clock. Billy Gustavus and Lucy Flazek always put on a good show so stay tuned after we're finished here spinning the the classic country including right here george Strait with uh my life's been grand 
stools is not what's on my mind But then you see her leaving me is not what I prefer So it's either here a drinking beer or home remembering her Papa Top again I've been through some bad times Been on the bottom, been at the top And I've seen life from both sides It's what you make with what you've got There's been times life's got me down Pick myself up and bounce right back around I wasn't raised to give up And to this day you know what I'm still woman enough, still got what it takes inside. I know how to love, lose and survive. Ain't much I ain't seen, and I ain't tried. Been knocked down, but never out of the fight. I'm strong, but I'm tender, wise, but I'm tough. And let me tell you when it comes to love, I'm still woman enough.
Support for WTBR comes from Berkshire Mantiques, a 7,000-square-foot shop featuring collectibles, antique signs, and much more for your garage, bar, man cave, or she shed. Open Thursday through Monday from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. and located on Route 7 in Lanesboro. And from Greylock Grounds Drive-Thru and Cafe, featuring different varieties of local coffee and tea from Six Depot Roastery Cafe. Greylock Grounds K-Cups are locally brewed and the only biodegradable compostable K-Cups using a local roaster. Visit their drive through location on Route 7 in Lanesboro, serving coffee, paninis, ice cream, and more. Have you ever dreamed of being a radio DJ, spinning your favorite vinyl, CDs, and MP3s? Have you ever wanted to share conversations with interesting guests with the community? Then the WTBR-FM Programming Committee wants to hear from you. We are now accepting proposals for new programs. For more information, visit WTBRFM.com or call 445-4234. Pittsfield Community Radio, for the love of radio. Every Sunday night at 10 p.m., something strange happens to the airwaves of WTBR-FM. It's called The Mix. It is an experience like no other on this part of the planet. Witness a collection of fresh and classic beats that are guaranteed to make you move. The best part is, it is mixed completely live uncut, unedited. So, for an exciting end to the weekend, tune your radio to WTBR-FM Sunday nights from 10 to midnight for The Mix. Support for WTBR comes from Greylock Federal Credit Union, proud to support high school arts and sports programs to help our community thrive. Greylock Federal, with locations throughout the Berkshires and online at greylock.org. And from BeFair, BeFair is one of the largest premier human service agencies in Berkshire County. If you're looking for services for a loved one or are interested in caring for the people we support, visit BeFair.org today for available opportunities. And you're listening to Bring the Country Back. I'm your host, Brian Andrews. And uh, we've been here for a little over an hour and a half playing the uh, best in classic country and traditional country music. And a uh, little country music news um ernest tub record shop the building it's in sold for 8.3 million dollars the um it was the news just a, a week or so ago that the local lower broadway music uh building home to the iconic retail business ernest tub record shop sold for 18.3 million uh, which was more than three times the figure for which it changed ownership hands 24 months ago and the newest owners of the three-story structure are uh, Nashville-based real estate investor and developer Brad Bars, uh, Ernest Tubb grandson Dale Tubb, and uh, Ia Tajinsky, a Russian-born and local-based musician. And uh, the seller was the uh, LLC affiliated with uh, Jesse Lee Jones, who owns... Lower Broadway's Robert's Western World for 23 years, and it was back in August 2020 that uh, he bought the the building and record shop business located at 417 Broadway for 4.75 million from the longtime friend David McCormick. Uh, for context, David McCormick acquired that building in the 0.08 acre parcel on which it sits back in 1992 for 128,000. So we've gone from 128,000 to $18 million. And of course, Ernest Tubb Record Shop began operation uh, in that building back in 1947 and uh, been 
located at its present site since 1951. It specializes in hard-to-find CDs, DVDs, books, songbooks, and vinyl LPs. Uh, of note, uh, Jesse Lee Jones is a member of the uh, Roots Music Group, Brazil Billy, the house band at Robert's Western World, and uh, he owns that 416 uh, Broadway building home to, to Robert's. But uh, Bars Tub and Tijinsky bought the assets of the record store business for an undisclosed sum in addition to the building, according to um, Blake Bars, an attorney with the Nashville office of Louisville-based Frost Brown Todd and Brad Bars' relative who represented the buyers. And uh, as a Nashvillian, I'm extremely honored to have the opportunity to be part of preserving this historic building on Lower Broadway, Brad Bars said. Um, in March... The uh, Chizinski played $2.725 million for a modernist structure located downtown at 600 4th Avenue North and uh, last accommodated Jenkins Bonding Company. And Chizinski's recorded with the likes of uh, Keith Urban, Kenny Rogers, The Judds, Blake Shelton, George Strait, Brooks and Dunn, Steven Tyler, Thomas Rett, and uh, born in Russia. He's proficient on both guitar and banjo and uh, is known in part for his work in bluegrass. And uh, singer-songwriter Ernest Dale Tubb, also known as the Texas Troubadour, was considered a country music master, died in Nashville in 84, and his grandson is part of the, the newest group to, to buy that location. Just now struck ten Darling, I had to call you To our favorite place again We know it's wrong for us to meet But the fire's gone out at home And there's nothing cold as ashes After the fire is gone
started loving you again Yes, I'm right back where I really always been I got over you just long enough to let my heart ache men And then today I started loving you again Yesterday I started loving you again And I'm right back where I really always been I got over you just long enough to let my heart ache win And then today I started loving you again Oh, today I started loving you again County, and I drive the main road, searching in the sun for another overload. I hear you singing in the wire. I can hear you through the And the Wichita lineman is still on the line. I know I need a small vacation, but it don't look like rain. And if it snows, that stretch down south won't ever stand the strain. And I need you more than want you. And I want you for all time. And the Wichita lineman is still on the line. And I need you more than want you And I want you for all time And the Wichita lineman Is still on the
anybody seen me lately I'm sorry if I passed you by But ever since I lost my baby All I seem to do is cry Built a little world around me Don't even notice lifelong friends If anybody's seen me lately I wish you'd tell me where I've been Was I looking bad? Was I looking sad as I feel? Lord, I hope not Was my eyes full of dream that fell apart at the seams? Well, that's all, all I've got If anybody's seen me lately Pretend that I was someone else Oh, my mind uh, ain't been working lately Wouldn't even know myself Sad as I feel, Lord, I hope not. Was my eyes full of dreams that fell apart at the seams? Well, that's all, all I've got. If anybody's seen me lately, pretend that I was someone else. My mind ain't been working lately. I wouldn't even know myself. And you can't keep a missing Just want to get a long way from your life I don't want you hanging around me Go on and leave me like you found me Gal, pick up your halo Mister, come and get your wife See a whole, a whole lot of lovin' Why don't you give it to the wonder serpent Like the man that you're tied to I'll bet he's nice I take you round and round as many But I don't believe your spirit's in it Gal, pick up your halo Mister, come and get your wife You're gonna lose more than just your money Are you really sure you wanna pay the price? Well, you know you really ought to thank me But I'll bet you're mad enough to spank me Gal, pick up your halo Mister, come get your wife I don't want your Loving your kisses, and you can't keep a missus. 
just want to get a long way from your life. Don't want you hanging around me. Go on and leave me like you found me. Gal, pick up your halo. Mister, come get your wife. Well, I said, friend, don't take her, she's all I've got. Please don't take her my water when I need 